Hello and welcome to the Mud Show Dirt Sheet Competitive Fantasy Booking by Two High Guys in the Target Demo. I'm Tim Ross and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my podcast co-host, and the best goddamn wrestling demographer in the world today, Ryan Peterson. Ryan, how are you today, my friend? Listen, I'll tell you what, I could not be better. We absolutely killed the number and the demo last week. Couldn't have been closer. I'll I'll tell you what, Thursday... About three o'clock, right when it comes out every week, you sent oh, me a text. I was, I was, I was scrolling, so I was looking for Brian Alvarez. A shout out to Brian Alvarez, who Friend I look for show. those. I look for those ratings every single week, the rating and the number. I was refreshing. I was like, God damn, he's fifteen minutes late. Let's go, dude. You sent it to me, and I looked at it, and I looked at our podcast predictions, and I was like. No fucking way. That was pretty good for a couple <laughs> no. of guys. Who are, yeah. Two so, guys that can't multiply by 16 in their head just managed to accurately predict to within 10,000 viewers and 0.01% the viewership in the demo of AEW Dynamite. And let me just say, if 60 fucking Chicken McNuggets is the price I have to pay to be this right, I'll do it every week, man. On every Wednesday. Because that's what we're doing this one. We're doing it the first hour of Dynamite that we're watching. While you sit there and just enjoy a plate of wings, I have to eat one chicken nugget a minute. Yep, for the first hour of Dynamite. Fuck you, Sam. I'm so mad at you, Sam. Because when I said it the first time, when you said it to me, I was like, ah, that's no big deal. But now I'm sitting here barreling down the first hour of a dynamite with 60 McNuggets in front of me, and that's a bummer, man. You're gonna be like Dennis with the uh, with the sound of. <laughs> I've the, been hearing it the whole time. Yeah, with the alarm for an hour every 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 minute for an hour, you're just gonna hear ding. And it's gonna be putting a nug in your mouth, man. Yeah. It's gonna be such a disappointment for you. Yeah, especially considering, and I don't mean to spoil anything. Fucking banger card on Dynamite again this week. Absolutely. It is it is crazy we are starting to fill these Dynamites out right for going on tour that we're starting to get all these guys back and ready to go into full barrel mode. <clears throat> not not just starting to get on tour, but again, ramping up to the pay-per-view at the end of the month. Yep. Uh, double or nothing on Memorial the, Day weekend. Uh, I always forget which one's May, in May and which one's time. in September, but... Yeah, man, really starting to fill out, really starting to feel good. Really good episode of Dynamite this last week. Blood and Guts, incredible. Chris Jericho, no gray face. That's great. Yeah, listen, we're going to tell you something on this podcast. We watch a bunch of dudes fake fighting, and we talk about what how they're going to fake fight before it happens. So if you're telling me that my two options is Chris Jericho falling and landing on a bunch of pillows and cardboard... Or I get to watch Matt Hardy go gray face. Let me tell you what. Choose the pillow landing every single time. Thank you, Tony, for being safe and not putting us through that again. Because it was a pretty gross moment when Matt Hardy almost died at Revolution just four months ago. Or it was Revolution, right? Not Full Gear. Uh, Goodness gracious, Ryan. I'm way too high to answer that Uh, question. You're welcome. (laughs) Speaking uh, of high, friend of the show, Ryan's mom... Uh, apparently oh, we're going to talk was, about it? <laughs> dude, we're just going to let it go right away. Air friend, that dirty laundry, baby. Tell them right. about what your mom said Fr- to you. Friend of the show, Ryan's mom here, you guys. Uh, listen to the podcast and let friend of the show, Ryan's brother, know that he has a drug problem. <laughs> and mom, I'm going to tell you this live on air. I'm going to tell all the people. All marijuana has done for my life is made me lose 50 pounds, 
up my credit score by almost 100 points, uh, make my job better, and become all of a sudden a very good cook. Yeah, uh, results not guaranteed, though, because it sure right. as fuck hasn't done that shit for me. Right. Uh, listen, man, if you got a drug problem... Oops. Oops. <laughs> but like you said, you're buying a house. Alcohol never bought you a house, man. Bought me more alcohol, though. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, that's reasonable. So a friend of the show, Ryan's mom, uh, if you want to keep... Yeah. Don't Ryan's mom, don't sweat it. And yeah. you know, when I say don't sweat it, I'm a, I'm a voice that your mom trusts. I, li- for I like sure. to, I like for to sure. think ever since that time your mom and I smoked a cigarette together at your kitchen table, talked about policing, feels like you, like me and your mom, same wavelength. How hard is Senior laughing right now when you said that you're the voice of reason? I bet your dad is rolling in the <laughs> F-150 right now. We got a little sidetracked there with the friend of the show announcements right away. Uh, but this is what we do on this podcast. We... Fantasy book Dynamite, the way Tony Khan, if he was like, hey guys, what are you doing this week? And it's like, I don't know, man, it's fucking, what day is it? Tuesday, fucking work, open to close. Oh, you want to book Dynamite tonight? Why don't you guys just fly into Jacksonville, book Dynamite for us? We're going to tell you how we do it. Tell you what, I might not get on a plane to Florida for that, but it is as close as I have ever been to getting on a plane to Florida during the coronavirus epidemic is if Tony Khan called me and said, Tim, I need you. Listen, man, you'd get on a plane to book Elevation, and I still wouldn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not nice. Uh, At the end of our little fantasy booking session here, we get down to the meat and potatoes of the podcast, the demographic and total viewership over under. Which Uh, I'm going to hit again. He's just going to nail it like a dart. Yeah. (laughs) If it was Uh, prices right, Bob Barker would be handing you 500 bucks. That's right. And I'm going to tell you two other things about this. We decided this week, because this is a fluid thing, wins and losses matter in this company, and wins and losses matter in this podcast. So if you win outright, the viewership and the demo, you get a point. Tim, you're up two to one on me now. I plan on making that right this week, though. Uh, Three to one if we include the (sighs) pay-per-view. Okay, three to one. Yeah, winner's going to win, baby, and that's how it is. That's fine. Uh, do you have a podcast punishment this week? I do have a podcast punishment And I don't for know you. it. I'm yeah. excited to hear it. Yeah. Tim, how well of a respected member are you on the Squared Circle platform? The Reddit Squared Circle platform? Correct. Not. Perfect. Well, neither am I. But the loser of this week's Dynamite has to write a minimum five-paragraph essay on how much they love Tanahashi. No. And so we both might have to write it and we have to post it at the same time. No. Does it have to be Tanahashi? Yeah, it does for can sure. It please it has to be, be somebody else. No. Can it, no. Please, can it please just be like, I don't know, Sonata? Can I no. write Can I write a love letter? I have no. to write about my least favorite New Japan star. Yeah. Yeah. Should have to be like, <laughs> should have to be like just 2019 Tanahashi. 500 words. 500 word essay about our love for Hiroshi Tanahashi for the good people of Squared Circle to read. I think it's a pretty good one, isn't it? I think that's just fine. It's a fine, funny right? punishment. I don't like it, but I think it's just fine. Yeah. Way better than the blind date one. Oh, no. The blind date one is very funny. Uh, spoilers. Sometime in the near future, you will hear the podcast punishment go on a blind date. And just saying it gave both myself and Ryan a fucking panic attack. Yeah. 
Which is how you know you've come up with a good punishment, so keep an eye out. It's but true. we're not talking about blind dates, Ryan. We're talking, we're talking about, about AEW World Title Eliminator match. That's how you're starting this show. Kurt it Jerk has to be how you start Kurt this Kurt Jerk show. with one of the most underrated AEW matches of all time. A rematch from the original Revolution, Pack vs. Orange Cassidy. Two incredible performers and... I really like this matchup. The thing I remember most about that first matchup in Revolution is how long did it take to get to it? Remember, we were watching this thing, and it's like, okay, you got to throw it on now. You got to throw it on now. You got to throw it now. And then it's semi-main event, and and here comes out Orange Cassidy and Pac. And it's just absolutely front to back banger of a match and that and that was the showcase to the world of what orange cassidy is and he has just skyrocketed since that moment and it's just going to be another elevation of him here because i think he's going to do slightly less of the orange cassidy stuff and be a little bit more of a focused wrestler because of what kenny got into him orange cassidy doesn't wrestle for he wrestles when he wants to and when it's for something and if he wants it, and he wants the AEW championship now after the way that Kenny talked to him, and it is going to be a slightly different Orange Cassidy that's going to make Cornette kind of change his tone a little bit toward him. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, Ryan, but I do. I'll, listen, man, I'll tell you what I do think is going to happen. Tell me some things. I think the main event of Double or Nothing, live, pay-per-view, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy for the AEW world title. And I know that's fucking crazy. Like, that's insane. If you would have told two years ago, Tim Ross, that the main event... Well, that's not true, because two years ago I texted you and I said Orange Cassidy will be an AEW world champion someday. You did. And I stand by that. I mean that. And shit, for the past three weeks I've been talking about how bad Kenny needs heat and how he was going to get it by murdering Hangman. But you know who probably generates more heat by getting murdered than Hangman does? Murdering Orange Cassidy. Yeah, just destroying the most over-fun, crowd-inflating baby face the company has, and that's Orange Cassidy. The the crazy thing is is that when you mention <clears throat> that you need Hangman to gen or you need Hangman to get beaten up to generate that heat of the most over babyface. We didn't even think that Orange Cassidy was a thought because I guess it wins and losses matters, but it's very rare that I look at that top five ranking because I don't care. Yeah, they're 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 too busy telling the story to make me really believe that like Orange Cassidy at a number three contender yeah. is a serious threat, and then all of a sudden Hangman loses. And you're like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. And we booked Christian Cage into this spot because that's what we thought they were showing us. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this is what it looks like. And man, it's not what I expected, but I don't feel disrespected by it. And I don't feel like it's not good. I'm fucking popped hard for this. Uh, Kenny versus Orange Cassidy is like everything I love about wrestling. It's the guy who's being bad on purpose versus the guy who's being good on accident. You know what I mean? It's it's a very stark contrast, and it's working for me. And I will also mention, incidentally, if Pac wins this match and it's Kenny Pac (laughs) at double or nothing. Listen, listen. (laughs) 
You know Listen. how many matches Kenny and Pac have had? Like four. Yeah. You know how many of them have been very good? Like Every all of them. them. And we're not even talking about it because we're so excited about Kenny versus Orange Cassidy. But I've never seen a crowd deflate like when Pac beat Kenny with that <laughs> submission. I uh, the 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 silence that you hear is State Farm Arena. It's deafening. It and, was, and not only is it deafening, Ryan. I think you have talked about this on a shadow episode of this podcast. Yeah. If you watch the pay per view replay of that match. Kenny loses and then just cut to shocked marks. Just like, yeah. oh. Yeah. I remember because that was a, we had, I had a non wrestling fan with me standing next to me and he was like, what, what happened? Why is everybody? And I was like, this wasn't supposed to happen. This isn't how we were supposed to feel. You don't get, you don't, you, this isn't, this, you shouldn't feel like this. And I'm sorry for you. Like, it was like, he was like, why is everybody so upset? It, it just, it it couldn't be like this, you know? Like, it, it reminds me of something I say in Mario Kart when I just keep getting hit. It can't always be like this. <laughs> and it, that card was continuously like that. Yeah, it was. And now that Kenny is a heel, I feel like the dynamic of that match shifts a little bit away from that story. Pac comes out of the face tunnel now. Yeah, and that's fucking crazy. You know who else comes out of the face tunnel? Pentagon and Alex Abrahentes, and it's like, what the fuck is that? Sue a bitch. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Because Alex Abrahentes, great performer, great fucking manager, yeah. not a baby face. Oh. And it's like, just because you're feuding with Kenny all of a sudden doesn't make you guys baby faces. You guys are in a feud with Trent Cassidy and fucking Chuck Taylor, and they're the most baby face baby faces on the card. Penta and Ray Phoenix do so much crazy good stuff that you can't not cheer them so they are faces 100 percent of the time it doesn't matter what they're the whole thing is heel in its face because it's who else is gonna do that yeah i hear you the difference between a face and a heel is who they're doing the shit to yep because eddie guerrero did some mean shit and nobody ever got mad at him for it because he was doing it to bad people and I think that I think that more importantly he just kissed his hand to the sky in memory of eddie which we all appreciate uh I would have done the Sammy Sosa. And that's fine, too. Yeah. Uh, but I think that what you're going to have here is, is it's... This is who we kind of thought the trios belts were going to be introduced with. So how far off are we going to push these as well? Because you would assume that both of them would have to be in a match to have a trio. So that pushes us beyond double or nothing. So what are Trent and all those other guys going to be doing? hopefully starts a feud between the Lucha Brothers and best friends for a double-or-nothing curtain jerker. I'm going to just take one second and emphasize the fantasy part of this fantasy booking show. Uh-oh. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Sure. Opening the show. Yep. Time limit draw. Three-way match at double-or-nothing. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Huh? Yeah, man. Bad guy, medium guy, good guy. Just smooth it out, circle it up. Yeah. So somebody on uh, first Twitter shout out to Dirt Sheet Pod here, but somebody on Twitter posted, no matter what you get, because you're going to get the elite versus the other one. And my response was time limit draw, and you get the elite versus death triangle versus you know versus best friends, and, and that that's, would be, and that's good. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's good. Yep. Uh, I. 
at at the risk of sounding underwhelmed by this, we need to move on because it, we could talk about this shit for yeah. Uh, Orange <laughs> Cassidy, Orange Cassidy wins because Grizzly threw Pac on the ground. Yeah, and that did happen. Ryan's cat, much like the World Cup octopus, uh, made the call. Yep, <laughs> threw <laughs> threw Pac's action figure to the ground. Uh, Dented the case, but it's fine. You weren't going to resell them anyway. <laughs> They're only worth money if you sell them. They're my treasures. <laughs> Stares at his pile of Kenny Omega one of ones. Got a bunch of them, man. I Look, wish the guy on eBay would stop out trying to outbid me. Just let me have them. They're mine. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Kenny Omega's good friends, the Young Bucks, in a world tag title defense against SCU. Ending Christopher Daniels' career, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I'm going to be honest, they're going to give us way too much of this that I don't need, but if this is the send-off for Christopher Daniels, then let it give him as much time as he needs, because without Christopher Daniels, the likelihood of, of a lot of AEW happening is probably pretty low, just because he has so many connections with rosters and things of like that. You know, and he, he does a lot behind the scenes. It's just, it's time to get him to stop wrestling, and who better than the Bucks? To, who better than the Bucks to retire? Christopher Daniels is a revolutionary wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, AEW, not just as a company, but the style doesn't exist without Christopher Daniels doing what he did for the past twenty-eight years. But he's not Chris Jericho, and right. he's and he's not that over, and he's not that good anymore, and. If, like you said, there is no better send-off than their friends, the Young Bucks, just generating heat from their corpses. Yep. And at the end of that match, if, I don't know, if Frankie Kazarian wants to turn heel and stomp a mud hole in Christopher Daniels and be a new super elite, new bullet club, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks lackey, sure, that's fine. And if... Maybe he comes out a little later in the card. Yeah, joins that Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page. Maybe somebody else in that faction, too. Not going to drop any names, Mm -hmm. but Frankie's going to have plenty to do. Frankie's going to be fine. And Christopher Daniels can go be head of talent relations. And he can train. And he can not... (laughs) Excuse me. And he can not wrestle anymore because he's old and he's not as good at it as he used to be and it it sucks that i have to say that having not particularly ever been an scu fan in the i don't know four or five years i've been watching wrestling again since lapsing as a child i just just kill him man (laughs) that was that was gonna be the main thing that i was gonna say is that as a as a guy who grew up in, in you know i was a little bit older than you in the attitude era uh, I didn't see much of Christopher Daniels then, and then coming back in in 2016, 2017, and things of that sort, seeing him on BTE. And so that that was my introduction of Christopher Daniels. Then he went back, and so for me, a lot of what you said was was news, and I th- I'm assuming it'll be for most of our listeners as well, because uh, they are friends of ours, uh, that Christopher Daniels, as much as we talk shit about him, it's out of a respect aspect of because he 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 did change the business and without them very unlikely to see in AEW and have us being able to be lucky enough to talk shit about it 
Yeah. Um, I don't. We watched BTE together yesterday. Yep. And the promo that Matt cut on Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. What a piece of shit. What a piece of shit, but Buddy's right. Yeah. <laughs> because the Bucks are going to give you what you want from this match, and that is hokey I love you heel super oh, kicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's going to suck, but you're going to love it because the. And I, I said this last week, the Young Bucks and Kenny are making go-home heat marketable, and whatever the fuck that means is incredible to me, but that's what they're doing. And Dude, and just the storytelling that, in again, we can't tell you enough how much shit the Bucks used to get for not telling stories, but Matt doing the Phoenix pose on both the, the turnbuckle as well as getting down and doing the hands on his cheeks, Ray Phoenix pose is just foreshadowing who I think are people who might take the belts off him, or at least people who are going to try probably a double or nothing here. Is you're probably going to get a Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match, and you know what? That's good. Love that they've been doing it for a long time, and every time they do it, it's good. So hard to argue there, and. I don't think we need to say anything more. Christopher Daniels, RIP, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of thank you, I think this is where you're going to get the coronation of the pinnacle. You liked that one, didn't you? That was good. That's a segue, guys. You know I celebrate your segues, Ryan. That's right. And what do you think MJF and what do you think uh, Tully and, most importantly, Sean Spears are going to have to say about this? Nothing. But good things <laughs> to say about the Pinnacle, about MJF, about Tully Blanchard, about Dax, about Cash, about Wardlow. There you go. <laughs> there hey, you go. Sean Spears took that uh, coast to coast drop kick well. He was laying in the corner. <laughs> Tree of woe. Here's the thing, We're man. going inside the ropes with a tree of woe. Could you explain a tree of woe, Tim Ross? Uh, d- d- this is unexpected. A tree of woe is where someone is hung from the convergence of the ring ropes uh, at a spot called a turnbuckle. Uh, hung by their knees from the top rope, their uh, arms wrapped around the bottom rope, uh, making them immobilized. And forcing them to take whatever offense is coming from usually a different corner. Uh, in this case, a Sammy Guevara coast-to-coast dropkick. And I will also say in Sean Spears' defense, took that uh, rope-to-rope Spanish fly beautifully. Uh, everyone has said for his whole career that uh, first 10 Ty Dillinger and... Ty Dillinger? I think I said yeah, that. Yeah, you got right. it right. Nailed it. Uh <laughs> And then, and then Sean Spears now, the thing that he does better than anyone or better than anything else he does, at least, is put people over. And he fucking put Sammy Guevara over. And I don't think that's necessarily what the pinnacle is for, is getting other people over. It's for sure what Sean Spears is for, It's though. for sure what Sean Spears is for, though. And that's why I don't think he's going to have a lot to say. I think this is going to be all mjf and i think it's gonna be max yeah uh max just talking about how great max was you know and he was and he was how how he outsmarted the old dog made him climb up to the top yep uh i actually think this is building to mjf versus sammy at 
double or nothing. Oof. So I think you're going to get uh, Max barreling the hard cam and talking about how he made Sammy quit like a bitch and then killed Chris Jericho anyway because I can. Because what are you going to do about it? Sure. Because I'm surrounded by the, the most phenomenal athletes in professional wrestling yeah. and you can't get to me. And he is and you can't. Yeah, and I agree with all of that. And that's that's the build to MJF Sammy, which I think is going to be a real banger at double or nothing. But yeah, you just celebrate these guys and the fucking incredible job they did last week because mm-hmm. they did and because they deserve it. I I don't have a whole lot to add to what you said. It was great. You know, it I I would love to see Dax come out and talk a little bit here and I th- you know, I would love to see Cash get a little bit more on the microphone and I'd love to see Wardlow get a little bit more on the microphone, but I think you're 100% right. It Last week wasn't about any of that, and we saw it when you saw some of those over-the-head camera shots and you saw the guys looking up at it is that they knew it had nothing to do with them after all 10 men were in the ring. And that's and listen, that's fine. I tell you 100%, like it, you could call it botching guts. It doesn't matter. I've watched it six fucking times. And, and the show was six every days every time. Yeah. There wasn't. I didn't. I didn't have a bad time at all in that match. And I don't care that I watched Chris Jericho cut himself in the face. I don't care about any of that. I can't tell you how much. I don't give a shit about it. But I care what MJF's going to say, and it's going to be good. Yeah, because the young man doesn't miss, yeah. and, and that's why it's not Tully that cuts this promo. And much as I love him. Much as I love him, Ryan, you heard me say much as I love him, it's not Dax either. Because MJF does not miss. And yeah, you'll probably see a proud and powerful uh, revival or revelation, whatever the FTR match, double or nothing would be another good spot for something like that, too, you know? Because uh, I think the only one that's going to go missing from this will be Chris Jericho for a little while. I think the other guys are going to still be out there and wrestle and they probably still have a score to settle because they only quit to save Chris Jericho's life, you know? Right. And it didn't even fucking work. <laughs> True. They should have known. He's such a piece of shit. Tony <laughs> Tony Schiavone with little the most... Wretched little shit. Is uh, that what it was? Yeah. Just Tony Schiavone just going in on MJF is one of my favorite things. Just when Tony Schiavone hates MJF as much as Kevin Kelly... Hates Jay White. Yeah, and as well he should because MJF's a rotten little shit, man. I love it. Me too. Me too, but for very different reasons. Yeah. Speaking I, Oh god. Oh speaking of Tony Schiavone, yeah. and this is a segue mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. We get a Tony Schiavone inter- interview with uh one of AEW's rising women stars, Jade Cargill. She's been teasing uh, a lot of interest from management and from managers and from people looking to to ride her coattails a little bit. You know, get on get on her star, get on her wagon. What do you think she's got to say this week? It it seems to be she cuts the same promo in two different ways a little bit every single time she gets on the mic and it ends with. I'm that bitch or something of that sort. And 
it's good when she's in the ring, she's good and things of that sort. But this kind of it's starting to get the point that reminds me of kind of just the sting appearance for the for the sake of it, instead of giving us something that we could use with some substance. So if the storyline's gonna move that we're getting closer to a manager decision and things of that sort, which I think she's gonna join one of the more male factions because I've been just really hoping that AEW starts incorporating the women's wrestling with the faction things of that. And, you know, I think she would be a good one to to move somewhere, you know. I'm not going to say the pinnacle because I'm really hoping that Britt Baker's that spot. But Yeah, I would uh, actually like to see her get matched with a little more talented mouthpiece, and that's why I think they're going to stick her with Vicky Guerrero uh, in that vic- Vicious Vixens faction with Nyla as well. But I think if you look at AEW's factions and you really pay attention to where she fits best, I think she would be incredible with Team Taz. Because they're all fucking really beefy and ripped, <laughs> yeah. and so is she, is the thing. Could you imagine seeing Brian Cage and Jade Cargill standing next to each other? That's a lot of muscles. It's... <laughs> It's something that I'm not sure my brain could take. You know, it's something that I'd like look at it and I just see my eyes like just going going on opposite. Right, you passed out. What happened? happened? See what had happened was so much beef. Um, No, I I completely agree that Team Taz would be a good spot and it allows, you know, Ricky Starks or, you know, hopefully not, but Taz to do some talking for. The problem is, is I don't we we don't need Taz on commentary for her matches. Um, Especially Jade Cargill matches. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you another problem I have with my own take. Sure. Is there's already a sexy member of Team Taz. Hook. <laughs> Hook is fine. Uh, a sexy feminine number named Hook. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't. The the problem with putting her with Nyla and Vicky Guerrero and stuff like that is that Nyla's already the singles women's star in that group. So are you kicking Nyla out? Is Vicky kicking Nyla out because she doesn't have success and she's moving on to, you know, the next train that's up and coming? Allows Nyla to maybe do a little face turn, work her way back into the women's division for when she's going to need to go against Britt Baker as a face, most likely. Things of that sort. How are you, you can move the pieces around to make it work however you want to do it, and that's fine. But I just, I, I I want something out of this. I want this more than just to be a sting getting interrupted appearance by somebody. And it just kind of feels like the way it's been with her the last three or four weeks. It's getting a little stale just being the same thing. I'm not trying to You're, bash on it. But. Dude, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. And we had very similar feelings about her prior to the debut match with Cody yep. and Shaq and Red Velvet, you know. Um, but... She has stepped up in the big moments every time she's had an opportunity. And you're 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 raising your hand like you want to say something. Yeah, we, just, we talked about that, and I'm very proud of you for doing it. I just, and as a reward, go right ahead. I just don't want to forget this take, is that it's rare to find a, a superstar who is better in the ring than they are... Or more comfortable looking in the ring than they are when they out it when they're out of it, and I think that's where Jay Cargill is. It you put her in the ring and she seems to just absolutely be outstanding, you know. But then you get her on the outside of the ring and it's just not, you know. When she's fake, fake beating somebody up in her heels, 
she's not as good as when she's fake, fake beating somebody up in the ring. Yeah, I agree with I agree with what you're saying 100 percent, man. She is clearly a star because look at her. Yeah, and the in ring progression of the stardom has progressed faster than the promo work and the sort of confrontational mud show element of her work and. That's fine. Could you imagine the faces when she walked into wrestling school? Everybody, she was like, "I'm here for my first day." I bet Cody was like, "Uh, do we have one of those AEW contracts? We need it real quick." I mean, the she's a Jacksonville native and just started showing up. Basically, I think, and everybody like we did the first time we saw her went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." And that's kind of what you get from her is whoa. And if she decides to attach that to somebody else, I think that'll be fine. And I think if she decides to go her own way, I think it'll be fine. This is the only part of the the whole show that I feel really ambivalent about is like whatever they do with Jade Cargill is going to make very much money because the woman is marketable. (laughs) A star. A money draw. Like, that's who Jade Cargill is, so do whatever you want with her. Connect it or don't, or do whatever you want. Yeah. And speaking of whoa, something that both of us were like, whoa, I can't believe we're watching this now. Yuji Nagata versus John Moxley. The forbidden door is open, Ryan, and who's walking out of it? 53-year-old Yuji Nagata. Like what? Like what, man? Like, huh? Some like, of the things that New Japan does in 2021 is like, hey, you know all that crazy shit that you said that we could do in the pandemic? We're going to just roll it out during the first quarter because, yeah, put put wings on the belt, combine a couple of belts, uh, get Yuji Nagata to be the first one to travel from Japan to the United States to face John Moxley. We have we have on this program gently made references to Tony Khan pissing in our mouth, and I want I want hardly even every episode. And I want to say, Tony, if you're listening, and you are, I'm sorry, man. Blood and guts was incredible. It feels like this Kenny stuff is great, and in comparison, it's like. You would have to tear the carpet out after Gato was done with you recently, man. And it's a real bummer because he's he's been the best booker of wrestling in the past 15, 20 years. Yep. And all of a sudden, he took one bad Jado Kendo stick while he was with Bullet Club. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. If you're going to send a 50-year-old, at least send me fucking Satoshi Kojima or somebody watchable. Uh, I, I couldn't be less interested in this match if Hanma was in it. That's who I meant. Hanma. Hanma. <laughs> Man, that's a weird thing when you watch one of those matches for the first time. For you first-time <laughs> listeners to this podcast, to the people who aren't as fluent in New Japan as we are, please go watch a Tim Say It. Hanma. Go watch a Hanma match yeah. because that'll change something that you weren't. That'll give you something you didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, listen, listen. To talk him, about how I'm going to tell you how. Hanma, tell listen, I'm going to tell you something. If I worked at my job, which will remain nameless, and I was, you know, 
doing something and then I fell over and broke my neck doing that, tell you what, I'd change careers. And Hama didn't. Didn't. (laughs) Same job. Same job the whole time. Broke his neck and in the process lost his ability. No, because he still goes Hanna. He just. (laughs) He just tore the fuck out of his vocal cords, man. And like he can say Hanma and that's I don't know how it's much. It's apparently else. all he says because he says Hanma a lot. Listen, this <laughs> isn't gonna age well, I don't think this part of the show. The Hanma part. Yuji <laughs> <laughs> Nagata. Yuji Nagata versus John Moxley. It's like why why why? Why? Listen, is it him? Why listen, is it him, Ryan? Can I tell you why it's El him? El Phantasmo's on impact. Can I tell you why it's him? I'll tell you exactly why it's him. Go ahead. Because it's who John Moxley wants to wrestle, man. John Moxley wants to wrestle some of these heroes that you and I don't give a fuck about. And he looks at Tony Khan and he looks at Daly's place and he looks at that and he goes, Hey, Tony. Look at what I gave you. All of this is yours because of me. Now I'm going to piss on these guys' mouth one time. <laughs> Call over Yuji Nagata because those mud show dirt sheet guys are getting too close to the number in the demo. Piss on them real quick. It's my turn. It's for me. Yeah, man. John Moxley retains here and somebody else comes up and beats him up real bad because... Why is Yuji Nagata on a dynamite card? Listen, I'm is gonna, all I'm saying, man. I promised the listeners that I was going to repeat some of the stuff that I said last week. So this is what I'm going to say that I said last week. After John Moxley beats Yuji Nagata for the U.S. Championship, can you please send out somebody that I want to see wrestle him that's signed strictly to New Japan in challenge for the title, just like you do in New Japan. Just give me one moment that shows to me that this is really the forbidden doors open and we're working with people that I want to see. Because if you keep sending people over that aren't Suzuki, if they're going to be old as shit, then fucking keep them there. Because I'm worried about the way that they're traveling on planes right now. I heard Delta's not keeping the middle seat open anymore. So if that guy's riding eight deep on a jumbo jet here from Japan, like I'm worried about his safety. I actually saw a thing that said, what if Nagata's just coming here to get the vaccine? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was pretty funny because Florida's got lots of extra doses because they if, suck. If I had to pick one word to describe Florida people in regards to vaccines, you know what word I would pick, Ryan? Florida people. Skeptical is the word I would pick, Ryan. Florida people are skeptical. And Yuji Nagata isn't. So get that man a vaccine while he's down here. And while you're at it, let El Phantasma walk out after this match. He's already in America. He's fine. If you're going to do that, then I'm just I say Jay see. White. Just say Jay White. We all know you're talking about Jay White, Ryan. No, even the people I was who are wrestling. The El Phantasmo are- part. I was giving you the El Phantasmo. At least have Kenny come out with him so that I see something. Give me a bullet club stuff. Yeah, just a little too sweet. Or even have Kenny hold up the too sweet and El Phantasmo blow by it. Anything would be fine, right? Just any interaction with Kenny and Bullet Club members is like, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We look like the uh, the prairie dogs peeking up over the hills. Huh? Huh? Were you talking to us? Uh, that's all I got about this one, man. I think yeah, it's- I wish I had more to say about it, 
but I don't. I because they're certainly not gonna. Could you imagine the amount of piss <laughs> in our mouth? What if what if instead the whole plan was to not have the ring explode and the whole plan was to have Yuji Nagata come over here and just bury John Moxley into maternity leave? He's over there just fucking brass knuckles beaten. John Moxley's just drained so what if we get a Renee tweet because he's so gross tomorrow? She tweets out a fifty three old Yuji Nagata stop beating up my husband. <laughs> Next on the card, <laughs> we have Miro versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship, and I'm going to come right out and say it. Give it to him. Give it to him. Fuck this, man. Put some man. gold on that, man. Fuck this. Fuck this Darby Allen sting shit. Fuck it, man. I don't need it every week, and it's been every week since December. I'm banging my head into the microphone, Ryan. Stop making me watch Sting and Darby Allen. Fucking, apparently Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are going to murder him. So just murder him already. Just do it, man. Because because I don't need to watch Darby Allen beat 10 on the main event of Dynamite. No matter how good it is. And it was good. I'll say it. No matter how many fucking 16-year-olds buy Darby Allen action figures. And they do. Fucking. Griffin loves them. Our show art, Griffin, at Sugarless Pho, loves Darby Allen. Loves Darby Allen and Ron Watkins. Miro needs stuff. Miro needs W's. Miro needs gold. And Miro needs himself a stable of boys that can beat, get beat up so he doesn't have to. And that's why Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Miro are forming a stable. And it's just called... Handsome, <laughs> and it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. That's the that's the best part of that. That's one of those. You know why it is? Because because it is. Because it is. And yeah, man. I've been booking Darby Allen to lose this title since they put it on him because it's not for me. But if there's one man in this company that needs it, it's for sure Miro. And he doesn't have the wins right now. And the way you stack them up wins is the same way you stacked up wins on Cody. The same way you've stacked up wins on Darby on this one is you just give him a short run, you know, two, three, four months of just absolutely murdering people before you can put him in the title scene where he can take a loss against Kenny or something of that sort. You know, it's just, it's time to show what this boy has done in the other company and how he can do it here. And if you put somebody like Scorpio Sky, who is just absolutely fantastic with the microphone, Ethan Page, who I don't want to break my arm jerking myself off here, but I did predict him to be the mystery entrant. Yep, of the face of the revolution ladder match. I did do that. It was incredible. But he can just stand there, you know, and look cute. I'd enjoy it. Yeah. He's over with me just because of that face. Yeah. And, and, and I like a razor's edge. And <laughs> that's his finisher, so that's good, too. That's true. And he does it better than Lance Archer does. Where's Lance Archer been? Friends with Sting? Kind of. Uh, friends with... Who did he come and save the other week? He came, he came and saved Dark somebody again. Gorder? Kind of. It, it, so it's everything around Darby has been muddy. Yeah. And I don't mean that in the fun, a bunch of people beating each other up way. I mean that in the 
difficult to follow and gives me a headache when I think about it way. And get the gold away from it is can, the thing. Can I tell you something? Of course. As good as AEW is of bringing these people up who were kind of mid to to bring them up to the point of of where we respect how good AEW is at making stars, they're not able at like bringing them down back to mid to higher roster spots. They they literally let you get up here, and then once you've hit that peak, it's just fast down to the bottom because Lance Archer. There was a stretch there where I was saying how good Lance Archer and Britt Baker were four weeks in a row, which is crazy because that's this is our ninth episode. That's five weeks ago. You know, and what has Lance Archer done in five weeks? Nothing. And that's and that's the thing, man, is like you don't have to worry about that with Darby. It's baked in. Sting is right there. He's friends with it. Sting is on Dynamite every week for some godforsaken reason. Just do Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page versus Sting and Darby Allen on pay-per-view for 15 minutes cinematic for the people that want it. And give me the TNT title back and put it on Miro, who will eventually lose it to 10 because that boy beefy... (laughs) Or ten joins handsome, the new, the new heel faction that has all the handsome boys, because ten's handsome. Problem is, how do you not let Kip Sabian in that faction? Like, I know because he's Kip Sabian, but if all of a sudden you're like, uh, handsome, I'm Kip Sabian, I'm coming in. Kip Sabian is first wrestling handsome, but he's not AEW handsome. That's probably true. I mean, <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Kip Sabian. Uh. Ethan Page. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you mm-hmm. get that there's a difference there, right? Mm-hmm. You're not even willing to admit that Sammy's more handsome than Kip Sabian. It's the difference between someone being hot and someone being beautiful. Yeah. You know, like, Kip, you hot, but... Wouldn't call Kip handsome. Beautiful. A fine-looking man. That's crazy, because you said Joey Janela was your doppelganger, and you thought he was handsome. Oh, I don't think I said either one of those <laughs> things. Man, you run like Joey Janela. <laughs> You've never seen me run. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny in itself. I think that's all the wrestling, though. Yeah, and I think we can cut almost all of that no, last part. No, I think we leave some of it. Yeah, some of it, for sure, but cut a bunch of it. So, you won the number. Last I week. won the number and the demo. Congratulations. Thank you. So Which also I go, means... I go first this yeah. week, and I'm going to give you a number, and I'm I'm going to make it easy on you this week. You know what I'm doing, right? Million flat. Yeah, I'm doing a million flat, because Over. I feel like that is right where it's going to be this week. Is the president speaking? <laughs> I didn't know last time, man. I don't know why you'd expect me to know I mean, it's week. not his first hundred flat. days. I, Over. I'm going to... Like... The number I have in mind for this week is like 1.04 if I was setting the number. It, it, that's a good one, man. I think, I think that the... You think we're here to stay at the million mark. I fucking hope so, man. Because every time I see a million and I see number one... I get pumped. Point four one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a piece of information for free. Sure. Last week, 
was the season finale of the challenge. AEW beat out the season finale of the challenge. That's yeah, you goddamn incredible. right it did, Ryan. It's pretty incredible. What's the so say if, it say it right before you ask me any questions say what you know I want to hear over whoa whoa that's crazy man yeah, there's no chance we're both writing letters this week I love it that's why literally I was thinking how funny it would be if we both had to write the letter post them same time. Yep. We should have a side bet on whose letter gets the most upvotes. <laughs> People are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> People are going to be like, uh, Mott? <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it, friend. Second way. Dear listener, we thank you so much for your time, your consideration, your five-star ratings, your recommendations, and your tweets. You can find us on Twitter at DirtSheetPod. Me on Twitter at Tex Mahogany and Ryan on Twitter at the GGRP, all caps. It's important. It's not. You can find Griffin, who did our podcast art on Twitter at Incredible. At Sugarless Fa. I had such a good rhythm going. Just keep your fucking mouth shut for like 10 seconds. Our music was done by Dom. You can find Dom's music on (laughs) Facebook at Skyhaven and Waste. Fuck you. One more time, Dom's music on Facebook at Skyhaven and Waste. I have a splitting headache. <laughs> Dear listener, we thank you again, mostly for your patience, mostly with Ryan. Uh, if it's not too much to ask, share us with a friend who likes wrestling, drugs, or passive aggression. And uh, yeah, if it's not too much trouble, just spread the word we will get butt tattoos when we have three consecutive episodes with a hundred listens each and that's not a high bar to make men get ink on their butts so do it and we will but until then we thank you join us next week for more smart wrestling takes by dumb wrestling marks